Welcome to episode 239 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, listeners. We have a very special podcast for our first edition of 2018, one that I'm very excited about. We're going to chat about science, emerging technology, and my favorite beverage, whiskey, uh, with Sammy Karachi. Sammy is the brand ambassador for Relativity Whiskey uh, for the New England region, and uh, he's come today to the show to share some information about how Relativity Whiskey is uh, changing the way the game is played. Sammy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So let's let's start um, with a little bit of an overview about the uh, American craft distillery movement, because it is a movement. Um, there's probably no uh, more sort of exciting or vibrant area of uh, the spirit industry, I think, than than whiskey. And John's getting his fanboy on today. Yeah, I, just know this. So, I mean, I've I've been sort of following the uh, the craft distillery movement, you know, over the past six or seven years, and you know, I've got my favorites. Um, and Sammy, could could you just give us sort of a, a, a broad viewpoint of how you see uh, American whiskey uh, and uh, the movement today? Growing, continuing to grow, and not really showing any signs of slowing down. I mean, the market of whiskey has so often uh, in our history been really covered by those who have been in the industry for hundreds of years. You know, it's all about the people that are immersed in this culture that are, you know, the the Jim Beams of the world, the Woodsman, the Whiff uh, Reserves of the world. The and macros. Exactly. The big exactly. The yeah. establishment, whiskey establishment, big whiskey. And that's a good thing because really they they have so many years of trial and error to make a a premium product year in and year out. It's all about consistency. Whereas with craft the craft movement, now we can start to experiment a little more. We can start asking more questions as to, hey, why don't we do it this way? Or, oh, that's you know, that's why there's not a whole lot of rye whiskey out there. It's really hard to make. If you don't know how to how to distill and how to ferment rye, you'll notice it foams up a lot. It's difficult to maintain. And these are things that people are learning on the ground level, but it's by people that, you know, are are really interested into giving back and trying something new. And I think that's something that wasn't really in whiskey in the past few years. It's it's, you know, up until now. It was just something that was expected. You weren't if you if someone asked you about whiskey, they just gave you what brand they drank. They didn't tell you what it meant to them. Yeah, I think um, you know, as 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 I watch um you know, as I watch these sort of small distillers become more popular. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited by American whiskey right now, and I, I think one part of it that that is relevant to our audience and that we're going to dig into a bit is uh, you, you spoke of the experimentation. Um, whiskey really is a a science. It's it's a uh, a chemistry. Um, it is the the recipe that that makes it up the way the whiskey is processed, the way it is aged. All of this is, you know, it's craft, but it's it's also science and and technology. And I, I think um, that we're we're in a moment right now where 
the attitudes towards how the whiskey is put together, how that process is is uh, um, successfully completed, um, that philosophy is is changing. Sammy, could could you talk to us a little bit about that? Because there there are some really heartfelt, longstanding opinions about what whiskey can be and what it should not be. Of course, right. And you know, with the explosion of this craft movement. It's really important to remember that you have to also earn your place on the shelf. You can't just be new and all of a sudden be you know you can't demand my attention just because you're made by you know some dude who took a few night classes in chemistry and is making it in Decatur, Illinois. Doesn't I mean I'm just going to buy your products. Not just because it's new. I, what are you adding to the conversation? And people are adding all types of things. They're talking about different types of barrels, different sizes of barrels, barrels seasoned with other things besides just, just that nice, beautiful, natural char. They're aging in beer barrels, in sherry casks, all kinds of things. It's, it's incredible. And it's, it kind of shook up even the, uh, the, more, the more macro whiskey side of things to, uh, to everyone's benefit, I would say, certainly. But just asking the questions and having new things appear on the shelf has been important not just for the little guys, not just for the consumer, but also to make sure that people are innovating correctly. And that's something that I think, um, you know, meaningful innovation is really important to relatively listen. How, how does this impact the mainstream consumer? So someone like John who loves whiskey, who has a uh, hundred whiskey bottles, like he hears like, oh my God, a touch of ash at the end of the process. Yes. Like I can't wait to have that. But the, the bro who goes in and doesn't care if it's Jim Beam or Jack Daniels, how, how do you get to that kind of person? How does that kind of person get excited about the, the nuance, the, the customization, the, the innovation that you're bringing to the table? So I would say, you know, there's a, uh, there's a comedian that once told me that, you know, you, you hear so many jokes that whenever you hear the start of a joke, you can kind of tell where it's going to go. I've been drinking whiskey for you know, more than a decade. If I look at the label and I find out where it's made and how it's made, what it's made from, I have a general idea of what it's going to taste like. I'm not surprised very often, especially in, in American whiskey, because it's such such so narrow, a, you know, a, a sort of film, this, this little tiny area where you can exist, hmm. right? Because, um, you know, to be American whiskey, to be bourbon whiskey, you have to be aged in new, sharp American oak casks. New. You can't reuse these casks. You can't season them with all these other things. Right, but for someone that's an, a whiskey aficionado, someone like John that has a hundred balls, are those empty or are those full? By the way, uh, so I think Dirk's exaggerating a little bit. But what's uh, the real number? I 80, want the 80, real number. The, 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 the real number right now is is around forty ish because the holidays came and I got a whole bunch of cool new stuff. I'm I, just as a side, I'm I'm I have a, a lot of Japanese whiskey I'm I'm working on right now. How many books? How many whiskey books do you own, John? Uh, at, at least thirty. At least thirty whiskey books. Like obviously, I'm a little obsessed. It's uh, when I get into something, I kind of get into something. Listeners, if you love sure. the show, send a bottle of whiskey to John. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a way to reward if you're John. And, and sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So, so Sammy, I want to dig in a little bit um, to the 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 experimental philosophy because there there is a little bit of controversy now that age statements are not like sort of the only uh demarcator the only representation 
of um, a whiskey quality, right? So, I mean, there there are, I think there are still those uh, people who would say, okay, look, I, I'm not going to look at anything that doesn't have like a 12 year age statement, right? Like, I know that you have this wonderful uh, uh, combination that you're trying to uh, trying to sell to me, but if it hasn't been aged, you know, for 12 years, I don't want to touch it. How, how do you address address that when when people ask about that? It's a fair question. I mean, there's a huge other movement right now with the the non age statement whiskeys that are appearing, especially mm-hmm. in in single malt Scotch, right? Um, I would say really when it comes down to it, if you look at sales for single malt scotches, for example, back in the 70s and 80s, no one was drinking them. Uh, Americans did not drink single malt scotch until they started putting age statements on them. Yeah, it's It was this heuristic of quality. But I think that really we've become so knowledgeable about whiskey, just the consumer, the basic average consumer, that we've outgrown that. People, I think, are starting to learn that Age isn't everything. Only maturity is the most important thing. Um, you know, through my job, I've had the opportunity to taste many, many whiskeys, especially right from the cask. I've tasted an eight-year-old whiskey that had the complexity and richness of a 30-year-old whiskey. And I've also tasted 30-year-old whiskeys that tasted absolutely disgusting, that were astringent and sharp and almost, you know, young tasting. Uh, but the fact is that, that no two casks are the same. So by having whiskeys that don't have non-age statements, by allowing a master distiller or a master blender to aim towards a flavor profile or a feeling that that someone gets when they drink their whiskey, as opposed to just a a lie in the sand at an age, it gives us more freedom. It goes into innovating with actual feeling, innovating with purpose. And I think that while some people might worry about being lied to, um, and then maybe people are, are hiding what's in their whiskeys. I would say then you have to trust the brand at the end of the day. That makes a lot of sense, but I don't know that the average consumer is moving past age statements yet. I think folks like John are enthusiasts, certainly, I, I think. But, you know, I, I can blind tell the difference between an Oban 14 and a Lagavulin 16. And I am not looking past age statements. Like when I see a whiskey without an age statement, I'm naturally skeptical. It's not particularly interesting to me. So I really doubt that the average consumer would feel the same way about that kind of a product. When I drink a lot of whiskeys blind, I never think to myself, oh, this tastes like it's 16 years old. I don't That's, think that- I don't either. That's true. Right. We don't, we don't, it's just, it's not how we work. If you hear a song in the radio that you like, you don't think, oh, this is an A major, unless you have perfect pitch. And some people do have that ability. And some people can work in a warehouse and figure out exactly down to the month how old a whiskey is. But it's how people are used to buying, right? Exactly. The only heuristic you had back in the day was was really the age. Good stuff has an age statement. Bad stuff costs 20 bucks. I'd say some of the best whiskeys I've had recently, especially in the past year or so, have even had age statements. But to your point, now you're left with price. Yeah. You're left with brand, Yeah. which are important things. Yeah. You can't really base it on color because there are so many artificially colored whiskeys out there in the market, yeah. um, which is unfortunate. Um, you know, none of these whiskeys are. Of course, anything in my portfolio, everything is natural color because we're, we're dumb biological creatures. We attribute a lot of things to, to the hue of a whiskey. We do. We would You're never right. want to, to change that. But I, I, think, I think, you know, maybe to your point, maybe the, the jury is still out on, on, on the average consumer. 
but the movement is certainly going towards my new statement and more acceptance of it. No doubt, no doubt. And I guess it, at some level, it's your job to turn the average consumer around, right? I mean, that's just like it was the it was doing. the version of my job thirty years ago to get people to try and buy scotch because it had a number on the bottle. Yeah, it yeah. didn't mean anything to anybody. If you ask someone who's been drinking Maker's Mark for the past forty years and you ask them how old is it, they won't know. There's no number on the bottle. So, John, this is all super interesting to me, but what the heck does it have to do with technology? Right. Bring so, this into our show now. So, so there, there is a reason that I, I raised the, uh, the age statement question. And part of it is because uh, Relativity uh, Whiskey uh, does have this special maturation technology, which, um, uh, you know, the, the maturation technology of, uh, you know, that's commonly used is time, right? So you, you you age the spirit in in barrels in a warehouse and there's, you know, hot summer days and, and cool, uh, you know, autumn nights or whatever. And that change, you know, uh, over time, the, uh, the, the taste, the flavors of the barrel, you know, seeps into the whiskey. And um, of course, you know, some of the whiskey evaporates, et cetera, et cetera. And over time, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the distiller will, uh, sort of choose a point at which, uh, he or she will, uh, you know, take a taste from the barrel to see, you know, see how it's doing, et cetera. And that, and that is the process, right? And of course, every year there are taxes and other things that you pay, uh, to, to store your whiskey. And that's why, you know, over this period of time, you know, the, the longer age whiskeys get more expensive and more flavorful, hopefully. But for Relativity and a few other, um, uh, brands, which we'll, which we'll talk about, um, you guys are using uh, some some computer driven techniques for aging, Sammy. I know you can't get into the totality of this because of various uh, uh, patent pending reasons, but why don't you give us an overview about how um, uh, you're using a technology driven aging process to make relativity uh, taste the way it does? Sure, absolutely. I mean, really, what it comes down to is. Our compression maturation technology allows us to recreate the natural environment in which whiskey and wood interact, but with more speed and more precision. I really can't overstate how precise the facilities are in our laboratory that can create this. And that really comes down to our proprietary software. When when the, the guy who actually put this together, um, <laughs> and, uh, Doug, Doug, really uh, like, like all great ideas, they, they started in a garage. And he wanted to figure out if whiskey is just the sum of that interaction of wood and whiskey, how can I speed that up? And he wrote, he wrote a, a program for it. And he wanted to recreate a vessel, this, this sort of pressure vessel that would allow him to, again, mimic the seasons. That's really what we're doing. Even if you go to a, a classic bourbon distillery like, like you know, Bland's, for example, they're, they're going to have in their warehouse, they're going to have a lot of you know, air conditioning happening in the warehouse. They'll actually chill it and, and heat it up in the summer and the winter. That's basically what we're doing, but we're doing it in 40 minutes. We're spending all the seasons, all the, the ebb and flow of the whiskey coming in and out of the wood constantly, just down to a few minutes. And that's really what we do better than anyone else. It's, it's the precision and the speed. And we wouldn't be able to do that without our technology. And, and for those of us who aren't whiskey aficionados, what is the process? Like for, in the old days, like, I imagine, you know, there's a river, you're siphoning water out of the river, you're mixing in some some stuff. 
you're throwing it in a barrel and it sits there for 30 years and then you sell it for $500 a, a bottle. Like, is, is that the traditional process? Is that approximately correct or is it horribly incorrect? And then like what, where, where are the differences coming in with what y'all are doing? Yeah, you have the basic, basic idea there. Really, it, it starts with a, with a grain, a fermentable sugar. You ferment it, then you distill it. Distillation is, you know, of course, that's just really, it's Latin for separation. You're separating the alcohol from the water. And then you take that, distill it, and then you throw it in a barrel to age it. Now, there's a, there's a, a vast symphony of, of reactions happening in that barrel. You touched on a few of them, John. You know, really, it's extraction is the, the most important. And the whiskey going into the wood and pulling congeners and aldehydes, all these nice flavors out of the wood. You have evaporation. You know, that's just everything leaving the barrel. That's uh, that's what we more romantically refer to as angel share. You know, and that changes based on climate. And I got it really goes back to how this is different. Because really now we have the ability to mimic all, all the seasons we want in any climate we want. So if you're making, uh, for example, making bourbon in, in Kentucky, you're losing about 3%, uh, about 6% a year. You know, 6% a year just to evaporation, gone. You're paying taxes on it. Sorry about that. It's gone. So over 30 years, you've lost 180%. Well, it's not, it's not quite linear. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then if you if you try and make that same whiskey in, in the Dominican Republic, you're losing 10% a year. Mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. are some distilleries in Taiwan that lose up to 25% a year. And wow. we've we've actually taken you know our compression maturation technology and the software, the whole process, and we've made a version of relativity and see what it would taste like if it were distilled in in the islands, in the Caribbean. Hmm. We've made a version that would taste like if it were aged in, in Moscow and in... That's and awesome. It's everywhere. It's, it's, it's fantastic. That, that, that was one of my follow-on questions. I, so obviously you're still innovating. You're still experimenting. Always. How can I get a flight of Relativity Whiskey with those parameters, right? Like what is your Uber Whiskey Nerd flight of whiskey? Like this was distilled in Moscow, this in the Caribbean, this in New England, like, like what are the, what's the algorithmic flight? That'd be the, that's the dream, right? I mean, so we're, we're still very new. And I, I think what separates us from other whiskeys uh, from, again, the, the macro whiskey out there is, is our ideologies. You know, the, you know, big whiskey, it's the, it's all about, we've perfected this over time. It's perfect. You can buy it or not. We're not going to change anything. This is what it is. And we're saying, we, we haven't perfected this yet. We're, we're learning every day. And by the way, no one has it perfect yet. And that's really why I believe that Relativity is, is the first truly data-driven whiskey. It's a whiskey that's changing and we're learning from our whiskey all the time. In the future, I would love to see us do like little flight boxes, little, little you know, value-added packs in the holidays of all these types of whiskeys. You can try the same whiskey and the only variable you change is not age or barrel or mash bill it's it's where it was made right that'd be incredible i'd love to taste that side by side and see what climate does to whiskey and that's really in a nutshell what relativity can control is it's 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 all about that climate and i'm I'm glad you're excited about it because that's something that i've been really interested in seeing what happens in the spray in the future yeah or you know uh since you can do it in you know a short period of time maybe there's you know a, a crowd sort of uh funding aspects like hey there's enough people who want to try the moscow version the caribbean version and the new england version you know and when we get up to a thousand people you know per run we we run these things or if if you have a bunch of money to spend i can say hey 
This is the John Follett algorithm, right? I want a 20-year as if it was aged in, in uh, I don't know, Scotland, let's say, just or or uh, somewhere in Japan, I'm right? California, you love California. I do, lo I do love California. I'm a big fan of St. George <laughs> um, uh, Distillery. But um, yeah, I mean, I could see a personal algorithm, you know, with, with given the right sort of infrastructure, right? That the, uh, you know, and then we would uh, send a bottle to all our clients, Dirk, right? Well, I mean, the next step, I, I don't know. I mean, have you guys, in 3D printing technology now, you can print out edibles, you know, things that you can ingest. Sure. I mean, is, is this technology such that relativity could distill it down to just flavors and underlying um, I don't know if it's chemicals or materials, but so that I can just print out, you know, I can just push a button and out comes my relativity Timbuktu or my relativity Krakow or, you know, whatever, whatever that mix is, is, is that kind of technology possible in N years and, or is that kind of thing on your radar or not? Possibly. I, I would say so. Yes. I mean, can you, can you take apart a whiskey? Can you tear it apart on the molecular level and say, Hey, this is this is uh, serenol. This is what gives me that that sweet spicy flavor. Hell, this is this. These are phenols. This is what gives me the smoky flavor. This is vanilla. This is what gives me all that lovely vanilla flavor. I I imagine you could you could put a couple of uh, you know numbers into a into a computer and then it'll it'll vomit out some delicious whiskey. <laughs> I, I don't know if vomit is the right connotation. It'll vomit it out. It, it's just it's gonna it's gonna spit at you that's right so right out of your new iPhone so 10, or maybe it'll be iPhone 20 by that point. But I, I think that's possible. I just don't think it's around the corner. Yeah. Is it on our yeah. radar? I mean, it, is there a a personal whiskey market? I think that, that's totally something that's reasonable in the future, where you can just type in your your preferences, your algorithm, and then you get a bottle of, of something that was distilled in, you know, Montreal, Canada for eighteen months, and then it makes you feel this like that's that's. I don't think that's too far away. I mean, I'm compelled to the question because the brand itself speaks to that. It's a 21st century brand sure. from my perspective. John was mentioning some brands of other companies doing similar things on the technology side. They sounded like 19th century brands. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sort of assuming a level of innovation and future thinking just based on the brand, which might be short-sighted on my part. But yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that really uh, what we've been the, the, the gestalt that the, the we're going, going through right now is all about individualism, right? Especially in, in our market. I mean, that's, that's what happens when you have a, a capitalistic society, a democracy. It's all about what makes you unique, what makes you special. You define yourself by what you consume. Whereas I think this is really a whiskey that's, it's a whiskey for the people, for the masses. You know, this is this is not something that, that one dude is going to drink on, on one day and it's going to make him feel happy. This is something that you can share with everybody, that everyone can enjoy. And I think that that kind of togetherness on this whiskey is really is the more important message behind it. I mean, yes, we can tweak it and we can we can specialize it, but we've already done that through our, our software. We've already made what we think is something perfect, down to the tenth of a psi in pressure, down to a tenth of of a degree Celsius in temperature. I mean, everything has been perfect, perfected over you know two weeks of of just constant presentations. So is there an alternate labeling with Karl Marx on there? Is that? Yes, there is. Oh, my God. You, you found out. You saw, you saw the one in my bag. Karl Marx, obviously a huge whiskey drinker, that guy. I uh, <laughs> loved his whiskey. Um, <laughs> so so it, are, are there any plans of, uh, for relativity to use this uh, uh, maturation technology for other spirits, other alcohols? Like I could see an application for like port. 
right? Or um, you know, other you know, uh, other wines that might might be aged uh, in, in in such a way. All wines are aged, right? Uh, I, you know, it sort sort of depends, right? But uh, but yeah, that's that's you know certainly a factor. Uh, any any plans along those lines? I know that right now we're we're really excited about whiskey, and right now we have in relativity it's a, it's a four grain whiskey. So we have whiskeys in there that you know made from corn, wheat, rye, and malted barley, all of which added a different flavor. And were we to maybe make a different type of whiskey, maybe highlighting one of those grains or making a whiskey that is in a different style, like a a peaty single malt scotch? It sounds like you like Oban and you like Lagavulin. Maybe we could make a, a peaty scotch tasting yeah. relatively version. Maybe we could do something uh, more in the soft, supple, you know, fresh characteristics of a of a Canadian whiskey, maybe an Irish whiskey. Um, but beyond that, I, I'm not sure, maybe other spirits, possibly down the line. I know that right now there's so much work to be done on whiskey, and that's where we're looking to innovate. And I think it's also where the minds of America are, are, are really focused, is, is whiskey. Whiskey is, is the thing right now. Right. So um, I had uh, uh, w- one other question for you. Um, so... Is this the first lot for Relativity Whiskey uh, that, that's out on the market? Are, were we tasting earlier today uh, uh, lot number one? Is, is, is that it? There have been uh, versions of this that have been released prior to what I poured for you uh, today, right? And if I were to buy a bottle off the shelf that has a different batch number, every bottle has a batch number on it. Every batch is about 15 bottles worth. Very, very, very small batch. Oh, wow. Okay. Extraordinarily small. 15 bottles per batch, really, is the, out, um, the output. What's the cost per bottle? Uh, it's on the shelf. We, we recommend the $34.95. Oh, wow. So really affordable. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that small batch size, that's incredible, actually. I mean, most of what we're doing, you know, we're, again, we're sourcing our whiskey that's aged traditionally, and then we are bringing it to our laboratory. So what you're, you're paying for all the, the, the years of R&D and all the making of the software, making of the you know of our compression technology, that's that's really built into the price. Otherwise, we want everyone to enjoy this, so we wanted to make sure that it was as approachable a cost as possible. This is a data-driven whiskey; it's changing constantly. I was just talking to uh, to Doug, the founder, today on uh, actually this morning, at eight o'clock, and he said he'd had another breakthrough, and he's he's constantly tweaking and improving this whiskey. When this whiskey was first really put in a bottle and put on a shelf about a year ago. We were doing a lot of blind tastings with 18-year-old single malts and with, you know, 12-year-old bourbons, all these really, really high-end whiskeys and trying to see how people felt. And by the way, we were winning those, people were choosing our brand like eight, eight out of 10 people at a time. It was incredible, the, you know, just the reaction we got from it. But the new goal for, for Doug is really, and for all of us at Relativity, we really want to actually put this whiskey, the new whiskey, against our old whiskey. We're just trying to best ourselves. Mm. That's how we're trying to grow. That's that's what our goal is for the future. Oh, that's great. So, uh, where can people get Relativity whiskey right now? Right, I know. I know. It's actually it's available on uh, on Drizzly right now. If you are not a part of Drizzly, it's fantastic. It's essentially like Amazon for for booze. We don't have that that uh, that nice thing in America quite yet, but some of my favorite brick and mortar stores. I mean, um, you know, Julio's Liquors has it. Uh, Cambridge Spirits has it out in, in Cambridge, but right now it's really just in Massachusetts. So if you're if you're a local and they don't have it, ask. I don't think enough people realize how much power they have when they walk into their local package store or liquor store. If you ask them, it's, can you carry this? They'll they'll bring in a bottle for you. 
it does well, they'll, they'll keep on bringing it in. That's why I've done for, for years now. Yeah. Absolutely. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to the digitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by GoInvo, a studio designing the future of healthcare and emerging technologies, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Sammy, I just want to say thanks so much for coming on the show today. And uh, is is there any way that people can contact you either on Twitter or via website or uh, maybe if you want to give a, a, a plug for uh, uh, how people can find relativity? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am, my name is Sammy Karachi. You can find me on, uh, on my Instagram, which is just at Karachi S, K-A-R-A-C-H-I-S. And if, again, if you're looking for the brand, if you, if you want to talk about the brand, I'm always, you know, connecting with people, especially in the in the startup culture. That's why we really launched it in the area. You'll find me in town, but otherwise reach out to me and I'm happy to bring by a bottle and talk about it. And Dirk, how can people contact you? You can follow me on Twitter at dnemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thanks so much for listening. So that's it for episode 239 of The Digital Life and uh, happy... 2018, you know, we're going to have a great season uh, of the digital life this year. You know, please stay tuned. Uh, We have lots more interesting guests. And thanks again to Sammy and Relativity Whiskey uh, today. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time. Mm